Welcome to the Forex Analytics Community Experience, or FACE, podcast. Dale Pinkert interviews some of the sharpest and most knowledgeable people in the financial markets daily. Also, you can go directly to forexanalytics.com or find us on YouTube to watch these interviews live and get fresh, intraday macro and technical analysis of the currency, stock, and commodities markets daily from the Forex Analytics team. Our FACE show is free every trading day. Now here's your host, Dale Pinkert. Yeah. All right. Well, well, we have a great guest today. Uh, Dale brings in the most beautiful woman uh, in, in in financial markets. Uh, he, he brings oh, in wow. Michelle Snyder. So Mish, welcome to the show. Uh, Dale, I'm going to hand it over to you. You're, uh, Mish, you're, you, it's great to see you. Nice to see you. And thank you so much. And, it's and, good to hear at uh, 630 in the morning, my time. And, Woo-hoo! and, and Mish, <laughs> uh, I'll get you Blake's address. You could send that uh, poster. His house. Yes, <laughs> please. I'm sure You'll be right next would, to my Heather Locklear poster. Yeah, I'm sure his wife would like his, uh, you know, collection that he has there. Anyway, uh, welcome back, welcome Dale. Back, Mish. Dale, huh? I've I've seen your collection. Don't don't go uh, there. Just all right, all right. Anyway, uh, we'll keep the, all of that in the closet, and let's break out what's happening <laughs> in the markets, Mish. Uh, what's top of mind for you with? What's been going on, you know, the backdrop of the tragic war and, you know, it's heartbreaking every day. You can't get away from the coverage. Uh, kind of makes it, uh, you know, the market seem a little bit secondary. But what what are you thinking in here about different markets? Well, What's yeah, top of mind? You, you expressed it perfectly. There is two mindsets right now, the humanitarian mindset, which, of course, is heartbreaking. And then the mental mindset reswitched to what's happening in the markets, which you can say is a disconnect, obviously. Um, And so this is really when I think the technical analysis on the charts give me the most comfort. Uh, And a lot of things happened in place before the situation emerged over the weekend. I think the biggest thing was that as the market was correcting, we saw two very key one index and one sector hold an 80-month moving average, which is important. Yeah, because that's the six to seven-year business cycle. So if we look at the small caps and retail, my my granny retail, they are, to me, probably the most telling in in terms of forecasting what's going to happen next. And when they landed on this line in the sand, if they had broken down below I think the conversation would have definitely changed more to a recessionary tone and certainly in my case, the stagflation, which I'm still all about. Um, But they held, they held, it was clutch. So when I went on media last week, I was talking about if it holds, this is your line in the sand and you could probably go back in and buy. And that's exactly what we've seen. And of course, what's going to go up the most in our narrative of since 2021 is going to be the growth stock. So we have seen that as well. The magnificent seven, if you will. Do you believe um, in their reemergence and they're going to make new highs here, Mish? Uh, you know, um, Apple is Apple's still way off its highs, about $20. Amazon yeah. still about $18 off the high. Um, this rally to bears would look like a rally to sell in Amazon. Well, what's so I'm interesting speaking of me. I'm speaking yeah. of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
if you want to look at it from a pure mathematical standpoint, we, you know, we have these quant models, right? That we have yeah. a ton of them. We have at least seven to 10 different models with blends. And yesterday, the models got into semiconductors again. And they had been in, they took profits, uh, got stopped out on the way down, profitable stop because we got in early and then reemerged into them. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's right, but from a total trend strength indicator standpoint, it's telling you that they are still the supreme beings of the, of the, of the market, being AI and tech and yeah. semiconductors. Clearly, we can see why there's obviously going to be a need globally for AI and tech. It's what's running the world, regardless of what's going on geopolitically. And in some ways, it's become a flight to safety as well. Can it sustain? We get back to the original statement, which is what happens with small caps and retail in particular. We can get into rates and all of that in a moment. Okay. But looking well, I mean, at small the, cap, the small caps, uh, have, you know, during this whole blow off rally that we've had, all we did was move sideways in the Russell for a long time before we broke down. And, you know, exactly this was kind of the breakdown. Go ahead. Yeah, no, you have. You're absolutely right. Yeah, there are two viewpoints. If, if we if we zoom out, we could see it really yeah. hasn't done very much. In fact, when it ran to 200. I had already predicted if it couldn't get through 200, that was probably going to be the stop of the rally for everything else. And it was. And now it went down to 170. I think it, it ticked a little bit slightly under, but came right back through 170. And that was the bottom. So here we are between 176 and 177. And with the numbers that came out today, it's and the market's coming off a little bit. I'm, I just yeah. looked over to the right to see my, my ticks. Yeah. 177 was also a very key resistance level, and we couldn't get through it. So now yeah. here we are in this battle between. Yeah, look at the weekly, all these weekly moving averages that we crossed and broke down and tried to test it. And 170 gives way. Uh, you know, this measures 140. I know Absolutely. it sounds. I know it sounds aggressive, but that you know, I'm just looking at the picture. So, you know, one. It doesn't sound so aggressive, Dale, because yeah. we haven't even talked about the backdrop of what's going on around the market. And we'll get to that. But okay. just the, and retail put up XRT, too. So let's take a look at that. OK. Well, I'll talk while you're looking All at right, that. But uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so okay. XRT to me has always been like, you know, we just looked at grandpa, right? Small caps, grandpa, grandma. And I know people probably think it's pure silliness, but it's not. I can't tell you how many years I've counted on the economic modern family to give us a really good picture of the macro and the retail sector, which in that XRT includes both discretionary and staples. And that's why I really stick to that particular ETF. That too went down to 57 and popped. But again, where's the pop been? It hasn't been able to get through 61. And that there 57 is. is also that six to seven year business cycle, which means if it breaks down, regardless of what you're hearing, it could actually be very negative for the market. And instead of the great rally that everybody's expecting for Q4, instead, we start to go down. We know October can go either way, right? Yeah. So these two areas, to me, are the most important thing. And then the third thing to watch really here, and I heard you talking about it before I came on, is the long bonds and the yeah. junk bonds. 
And the ratio between those two and the ratio between the long bonds and the S&P 500. And, um, you know, love him or hate him, but Michael Gayed talks about this all the time because really what he's watching for is that relationship to flip. And I heard you say, Dale, we've been in risk on. It's true. Since April, these corrections have not flipped to risk off. Maybe risk neutral a couple of times, but not risk off. If TLTs start to outperform, and right now they are down a little bit, but they broke out of a 10-day moving average, which they hadn't been above since September 1. So it was a six-week breakout. You have an island bottom. Uh, This is uh, Paul Island right here, Mm -hmm, where you have have all these candles, these people trapped in their shorts. So Yeah, yeah, and we also have that... Kind of similar in gold, which we'll take a look at. But oh, the yeah. point is this is the TLT, you have to watch the ratio now between the TLTs and the SPY, which they can both go up together and they can both go down together. We've seen that. Yeah. But what's more important is what the performance is to one another. So if TLTs start to outperform the spy, that's risk off. That's and new. people should tell. Yeah. Yeah. That it would be new since April. And it's risk off. So that's what we're watching for right now. It hasn't happened yet. So I'm kind of been in more cautious mode when it comes to equities. As I said, the quants followed the growth. That makes sense. It's been in a lot of different things uh, throughout the whole year that have done very well, believe it or not. Uh, Earnings mid caps, strong earnings mid caps. That quant has done the best. It's up like 40%. Um, and I mentioned them because it, it, to me, like I said, it takes all the emotion out and it goes pure math. But How from about a discre- long treasury, short, uh, high yield. Well, that's the another really big important. Because so, uh, there's your high yield, which held up okay. the best during the slaughter of treasuries. Uh, everyone was calling the sovereign debt crisis. Exactly, and this is Dale so right on because this is another besides the TLT spy. You have to look at the high yield, high debt relative to the long bonds as well. And they have high debt has been outperforming the entire time. Oh my God. That would be- I, I would ask everyone, Mish, I said, do people have more confidence in um, junk repaying the coupon, paying the coupon and paying off the bond than they do in treasuries? Because that's the way it seemed. That's the way it seems, which is really hard to believe. But um, but yeah, but, you know, whether you want to question the logic of it, to me, again, it's all about the ratio. And these junk bonds are fabulous to watch because like in 2020, they started breaking down before the COVID announcement. They were breaking hard. So were corporate high grade bonds. But I was particularly interested in the junk bonds. And now they've held up pretty well, which is why I haven't been able to get bearish yet. So, you know, right. there's like four things right there. So there's the IWM, there's the XRT on that 80 month. They break last week's low, not so good. And then there's these relationships between junk, long bonds, long bonds and spy. And that really, really, if you want to sort of time the next move, just watch those four things. It makes it relatively simple in terms of the macro for equities. Okay. And we're just getting the first whiff of this starting to happen here. Uh, a whiff, of, exactly. A whiff. Okay, a whiff. so you know you don't get carried away. Um, it's okay to miss the first wave out of anything. There's always a correction uh, to trade on and wait for confirmation. But I love your uh, inter and intermarket relationships. So uh, why don't we talk about gold since we just covered bonds? 
uh, I was looking for 1800, seemed like forever. And we got to that 1810 level. Oh yeah, it was 18, yeah. depending on the contract you were looking oh, at. Oh, yeah. okay. The, yeah, yeah, we've been watching yeah. December. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, December futures. Spot. Right, so, spot. Well, so December got to 1830. It's yeah. now get, get, trying to creep its way back up to 1900. I started out this year thinking, and this is when gold, the end of December was trading around 1500, that we would get to a double at the end of this year, which of course would put it somewhere near 3000. And we've watched it go up and down, up and down. And of course, this spectacular sell off that we had coming into last week, which also left, if you look at GLD, an island bottom with a nice gap up, which as long as that doesn't get filled, looks pretty bullish. So now we're saying, well, can this really continue to go up from here? And, and clearly um, the momentum, we had a mean reversion in the momentum, which was good. We've had this pop, which is good, but we ne may not necessarily watch the gold just from a technical standpoint here. And this brings us to what is going on. So besides the horror of what's happening uh, in the There's Middle the East, island Mish is talking about. So yeah, I didn't exactly. even notice that. Okay. Right. What besides the horror, and we're in a bear phase, by the way, in gold, because you can see the 50 has crossed below the 200. That makes it a bear. Yeah, phase. I think I think there's a shot for one more low, and I think I think a lot of it coincides with uh, the dollar. Um, I I think we're there, there's still another push up in the Dixie towards 109. We've stalled at the 50 percent level, but 61.8 is 109. So whether the dollar goes to 109 from here or pulls back to four and a half or 105, uh, I think that the dollar um, has, you know, one more hurrah left in it. Uh, what are you thinking on the dollar? Yeah, well, I know, I, I know, and I know you watch the 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 FX so carefully. And and it, what's interesting is I've become much more focused on it because I've been making these videos for CMC markets overseas, and all they want is dollar and dollar pairs on a short-term trading basis through futures, which has brought me back into a futures mindset, which has been kind of cool. Um, yeah. And so I can actually speak off the, you know, with numbers that I know. So right now, what I haven't been that impressed with the dollar here, as much as one would think it should be up yeah. much higher, given all the factors that we have going on. So I'm looking at that 105.50 level in just pure cash DXY, in terms of the dollar pairs, I also have been very, very keen on the dollar yen. And it seems like if that breaks under 148.50 and the dollar breaks under 105.50, we can actually see the dollar go down. And I've seen arguments about the fact that the dollar can't go up because we have so much money debt as part of the GDP and it's putting stress on the dollar. So I don't really know exactly, I can't say definitively, but all I can say is that if you look back in history during other stagflationary periods, the dollar didn't crash. Yeah, it went down a little. But as soon as we saw our way out of that stagflation, when interest rates started to go up, the dollar, of course, went crazy to the upside. So you've got these delicate balances here between what yields do at these levels, what the dollar does at these levels. And then on top of that, gold could be its own animal because of all the pressures that we're seeing geopolitically. And of course, so much depends on what happens, whether or not it escalates into Iran, how much U.S. gets involved. Um, all of this is unknowns at this point. And it's really hard to follow. Not, the to, not, not to me, 
uh, because I followed the career of BB Netanyahu for a long time. Uh-huh. And it's been uh, forever um, his uh, goal and mission to confront Iran militarily. He came mm-hmm. to Congress uh, many years ago uh, talking about that Iran already, they're developing the nuclear weapon and uh, has talked about how Iran says they want to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. He's getting older now, kind of like a mm-hmm. Putin uh, mm-hmm. scenario where if you're going to accomplish anything that you need, you think has to be done, um, it's now or never. And I, I think that uh, there will be uh, a conflict with Iran. They're playing it down now and saying they can't tie it. But what they can say, well, we're getting ready to hit you in two weeks, or we don't believe that you were involved. It's very, what you're saying is extremely possible. And so that has to be a bullish case for gold and a yeah. bu- bullish case for oil. Oh and I wrote God. a whole Daily, daily about that yesterday. About the Strait of Hormuz. What could okay? Tell people what could happen if we have a mess with Iran in the Persian Gulf. Oh well, you know, listen, I'm old enough to remember some wars. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I I remember. I remember trying to pick you up when we were uh, waiting in the gas line in the 70s, Michelle. You wouldn't give me. You wouldn't give me your phone number, so I just (laughs) waited for gas. Anyway, (laughs) yeah, I remember those. Well, you know, I mean, let, let, let's step back. The parallels between the 70s and now, I know Amazing. people have been writing about it. I've certainly yeah. been writing about it since since before this year even began, because you can kind of see what's happening. It's not just that situation. But think about even in this country, all of the social unrest that we're seeing yeah. through strikes. You haven't heard about yeah. this level of union strikes since the 70s. You know, the theft, the, the right. organized theft, but nonetheless theft. Obviously, the the crimes are out of control in this country. And here we have now a new division and, and these rallies on ideology, which I think half of people don't even understand what ideology they belong to. They're just massaging anger. There's so much anger because people don't trust anything. They're paying higher prices for everything, everything. and their interest rates are higher. And even though the economic news is that people are more solvent than what you would think, and there are people who certainly have put out those statistics, uh, there's also a a whole group of people in this country that are barely able to keep up. And we heard in the jobs report, working two jobs now, two part-time jobs. So that makes you, you add all of this together, and then the spike of what could happen in, in the Middle East if it does go into Iran. Um, and, you know, you could basically jump on that oil wagon now. I mean, we we, we think that $80 a barrel is your rock bottom support. Okay. I saw oil was up a little bit this morning in the pre-market. If you're looking at USO, I wanted to see it get back over well, 76. Yeah, former it- floor traders got to love how uh, crude came back and filled the gap it left. Oh, my God. It was like, te- that's a technical huh? perfect situation. Yeah, technically perfect. It gives, you, it comfort. Also- it gives you comfort, right? It does. Because you can see and- it. And if you look at the 80 month moving average, just like we just talked about with small caps and retail, it's yeah. over it. OK, so that why is that important? It has not been over that 80 month moving average. So that's that six to seven year business cycle. But for 15 years since 2008, except for the first few months war. of 2022, before what well, before well, the war. Russia, Ukraine, and yeah. also then it started going down because of interest rates started going up. 
and the Russia Ukraine seem to kind of level out. But now, the last three months, it's back over. So if the, this is what I wrote, trend is your friend, right? If the trend is your friend and this is going to explode up in a new cycle bullish, why not 110? Why not 130? Why not higher? Especially if, like you say, Dale, in a couple of weeks, we start to see uh, Israel and and Iran going at it. Um, And then, of course, you have to wonder what happens with all these other countries uh, and and the alliances that we've seen with BRICS and Saudi Arabia and Russia. And where does China fit into all of this? I mean, it just brings a lot of questions into mind. So to sum up, I like oil. I still like oil. I like gold here. Um, and, uh, and even though, as I mentioned, the quants are long, a a bunch of stuff in terms of the discretionary trading, I've been very cautious about things, getting into too many things. I'm, I'm, I'm really wouldn't mind being even heavily more into commodities. We've been in DBA, like seems like forever. That's the agriculturals. They got beat up, but that will go back up if things escalate and DBC, which is kind of a nice exposure between metals and oil. You know, all of these things have corrected, but they're all still doing well relative to some of the other sectors of the market that have gotten hammered. So there you go. I mean, that's kind and of what I'm looking at. It's a toxic and, brew, isn't it, Michelle? I mean, yeah. every every uh, every recession, every one, no exceptions, has started with oil shocks. Absolutely. Everyone. We are talking going right back to the 70s. There we are yeah, in the 70s. Yeah. yeah. That 70s yeah. show. Yeah, because in 73, we had I don't the remember them. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, just 73, we had the embargo, right? Yeah. And then, yeah. and then we went down into a major recession after that. And then yeah. in CPI went from like 14 down to two. Then in 76, it went from two by the time we got to 79, up to about 18, 19% until 1980, of course, when the interest rates started going crazy. And it's almost like we're doing the same thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, enjoy the the markets up, but be very, very, watch those small caps and see if they can get through 177. Yeah, maybe we have another leg higher. You ask Jeff, our partner, he thinks the market's going to scream higher. I'm really just going to be more agnostic about that and keep my eye out on some of those commodities plays and the bonds as well and the dollar. All right. Well, Michelle, uh, this is where people could find your work. I put your website up. Uh, Thank you. Anything you you want to say about it? Um, where, well, you, you can know, find people... um, Market Beat is where all the commentary is. Keith and uh, Don Goodman, who works with us, they write an outlook where they give you all of the risk factors, according to our big view. That covers everything in terms of McClellan's and relationships, everything I'm talking about. My daily's there. Uh, and also uh, at Market Minute, which is my X handle, I'm really right. open to answering questions. I like to help people. That's been my goal in life to serve. And um, and yeah, other than that, you know, a media tab. If you want to see what I've been saying in the media, I give a lot of pics there because quite often people want to know what are you looking at, Mish. So yeah. so there you go, and that will give you a good idea of how to figure out what we're doing. Oh, I see you as a light. For uh, the public when they look into the markets and they see uh, darkness and shadows and they don't know they're bumping into, you know, different things in the closet that you uh, are like a switch when people turn it on that add clarity to a complicated business. 
Oh, well, thank you very much. Thank you. I, I, I do yeah. follow uh, a very wise uh, yogi once said to me that um, when Tibetans got captured by the Chinese and they were kept in the darkness, they actually found gratitude to their captors because in the dark they found internal light. And that yeah. always stuck with me because this too shall pass, finding internal light especially now, like I said, when people want to massage anger and they have legitimacy to do that. Um, but as a trader, it really helps keep you more focused on what's going on and not what you think or hope or want to go on. Yeah, price is king. And you're price the queen king. of intramarket relationships. Michelle Schneider at Market Gauge. Check her out. Yeah. Make sure she's part of your intelligence gathering. I learned today, every time we talk, I learned something. Michelle, thank you for your time today. Thank you, Dale, so much. All right, all right. So uh, we'll talk in the winter. Have a great fall <laughs> yeah. trading season. Exactly. Look, all, right. all right, well then, happy holidays. <laughs> happy holidays, Michelle. Yeah. Okay, and, uh, I know. Uh, Go ahead. No, I was just going to thank the viewers oh, right. who watched as well. Today. All right. And uh, thanks yeah. for saying yay, like you were excited to do this interview. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> I always love talking to you. All thank right. You. Bye, Michelle everyone. Michelle Schneider at Market Minute. Uh, take at least one minute to click her, follow her, and uh, pay attention. Keep an open mind, and your account will stay open. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. All right, that's a wrap, everybody. You could join the team in about 18 minutes for the morning edge. Don't just count your pips, count your blessings. And uh, we'll see what happens into this solar eclipse, huh, Michelle? You're going to be able to see the ring of fire? Oh, oh, yes. Oh, we live in Santa Fe, which is right. supposed to have some of the best yeah. viewing. So I bought my little $2 glasses. Oh, okay. All right. And we're having a little party up on our sunroof. Oh, um, God. Yeah, it's going to peak right. here at about ten thirty in the morning tomorrow. So we're really we're we're really excited uh, about this. This right. is not going to happen again for like twenty two years. So yeah, the Ring of Fire has uh, never happened in the U.S. That's a that's long right. Time. Yeah, so, this, no, this uh, is really cool. So uh, look for a lot of reversals into this eclipse either before or right after this weekend. I and, will say in 1987, we had the harmonic convergence right yeah. before the stock market crashed in October yeah. of 87. Yeah so, so. yeah. so don't tell me that the, the heavens don't send messages. <laughs> All right, Michelle, take All it right. easy. All right. Bye, bye, bye. Dale.